that I think is going to have to take. Sorry, I cut out on you guys. Yeah, you, you're good. We, we, we delayed for you. My back. Did you, did you hear? Uh, you did we, you hear left us with your best Al Davis, win baby win. Then then you were yeah. just big cat frozen. Oh, man. Uh, Are we going to, do we make the announcement here? Oh, we're about to make the announcement. Do you want to make the announcement? Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and Idaho's affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host, Chris Hammond, and with me today, Brian Marceau. Hey guys, good to be back. And we have special guests with us as well, from the Lewiston Tribune, Colton Clark. How are you doing? We're we're happy to have you on. We we actually got, we were talking pre-show. This is like the first time we've really had like a ton of news to cover since the the pandemic has swept the world. So we've got a lot to cover for you guys today. So we're just going to hop right into it. And thank you as always to Montucky Cold Snacks for sponsoring today's episode. Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky Cold Snack, an ultra refreshing light beer born in majestic big sky country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like the CW Hogs and the Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw, that's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American log for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today for the most important part to find out how to get... Your ass, some snacks. You know what's crazy is we've done that so many times that no joke for the first half of that ad read was not even looking at the uh, the outline. I just it's in my head, it's memorized. I got it on lock. Big stuff coming out today, Brian. This was kind of your week. You've you've been kind of pulling together the outlines. L- let the people know kind of where we're at and what we're going to be diving into first because there's so much juicy content. Yeah, in the last two days, there's been two interrelated announcements, and we're going to lead with the Vandal-centric one, but the, the two t- really do tie together. And that is that the first announcement is the Big Sky, as a conference, um, they release some guidelines they have about what fall sports may look like, but the, the big umbrella of understanding this is for something like football. The, the Big Sky has said they will defer to individual institutions for when those those schools may resume things like spring practice uh, baked into that announcement is you know um, some other sports that matter for vandals the volleyball season is going to be shortened to a 16 match regular season with their postseason being just the top four teams make the postseason so the conference tournament is just a final four and that would be that would be played at northern colorado and because Northern Colorado women's volleyball won 2019. Um, women's soccer is going to have their regular nine-game season, but there's no postseason for women's soccer. It's just whoever, uh, whichever team ends with the most points, or if necessary, the team, there's tiebreakers as well, will be designated the, the team that makes the NCAA tournament. Um, Idaho State's going to host the indoor track and field championships for the second year running. And 
uh, men's te- men's and women's tennis is going to be they're just going to complete in a a divisional f- format with two teams from each of the two divisions advancing to a four-team conference championship so uh, tennis is doing the final four approach for the conference championship as well so we see all those big shifts but then the thing for vandal fans uh football based off the conference is absolutely not off the table they say they're deferring to localities to make the decision about when to resume spring practice and um which teams will teams get to essentially opt in you could say to how the season will be scheduled yeah i think we were talking pre-show and we've already kind of covered a lot of this but i don't think it's necessarily a coincidence the big sky had this announcement um before what we're going to cover a little bit later but I like what we kind of – it didn't shut the door on college football. Like, it very much left it wide open, which opens up a whole load of possibilities of, like, what – does this affect if the Pac-12 or the Mountain West Conference decide to do something different as being kind of the third tier in terms of, you know, football out West? Let's say the Pac-12 says, you know, if the California schools can't play, we're not playing – does the big sky just go, well, the California schools aren't important to us necessarily in terms of like, you know, their main fan base where in the Pac-12 it's the opposite. USC is their biggest poll. Like, it, it, it's super curious. I mean, we're all obviously all rooting for football. And I guess the way I would want to like kind of phrase this when we're talking about it, just so people know, like we're going strictly off information we have, just totally throwing out probably theories and stuff. I mean, everything could change. Everything's changed about every week we've come on here. So like – what we say today might be totally different tomorrow, but I mean, this is super interesting. Probably going to be like dominoes. Yeah. It seems like that's how it started. It's like, it'll have to be dominoes to get back because it was dominoes to start with. It was like big leagues. Right. And then just every, it kind of trickles down. Everybody else is like, well, all right, we're canceled. Yeah. They're canceling. We'll probably cancel as well. And I feel like it has to be the same way backwards, you know, like, big leagues are like okay we're gonna start up a little bit and then trickles down like smaller institution whatever whatever college and then you get in although that is strange because there's a lot of minor leagues still running but i guess they don't really have a big something big ahead of them like minor league golf in arizona for example Mm -hmm. but you know that doesn't kind of make sense like that it would be probably have to trickle back up like that like the big sky would probably look weird if, if they were playing and the Pac-12 was like, we're not. I, I don't know. That's why I'm kind of skeptical because if the Pac-12 is like, we're not playing, like, I feel like the big sky would probably be like, all right, you know, yeah. we'll probably get criticized if we don't. I, that's, you know, theory, but, obviously. See, and that's kind of like the marketing major in me. This is like the, the two sides. This is like the conundrum, right? Because, like, there's the good side of marketing in the sense of, like, kind of like when all this was happening and the XFL originally didn't cancel and everyone was like, genius. Vince McMahon has cornered the market here. Everyone is going to tune into the XFL this weekend. Obviously, they had some issues and canceled. So you're like, Pac-12 cancels, Mountain West cancels. If you're the only show out West, do you know how many people are going to randomly be tuning in and be like Wazoo fans rooting for Idaho, uh, Cowell and Stanford fans rooting for UC Davis and Sac State? Like that, that's a positive side of it. But then there's a negative side of it of like, well, why is it that these big leagues that make more money and you could argue are – you know, a little bit more power players have decided it is not safe to play. Why do you guys think that it's okay to play? Like, I guess that's the side of it is like, you could go all in and be like, we now capture the West market, whatever TV deal we're able to do this year for playing, we're going to capture people's interest. But then there's the downside of it of like, you're also the 
the people blatantly going against what the bigwigs in the West are saying. So, uh, like I said, so many possibilities. It could be super good for the conference, but it's going to come with a lot of negatives. So do you just follow suit, or do you just go, no, this is what we believe. Like, our footprint isn't the Pac-12. Pac-12's not in Montana. The Pac-12's not in Idaho. The Pac-12's not in Nevada. Like, I guess we're not either. I didn't, <laughs> but uh, they got one team in Utah. We have two teams in Utah. They, so I, you know, it's 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 we're in uncharted territory. But it does seem like we're taking a step different than like the Pac-12 and the Mountain West per se. And we'll see how long it stands. But I I like how they pretty much said like, hey, going forward, we we're not. They did not close the door on football. They said pretty much. We're changing how the media day is going to work, and the information will come out about that. And pretty much all the rest of the fall sports are planning on going as according to plan. For those of you who haven't tuned in, Brian and I have covered how if football doesn't happen, most of the other sports are probably not going to happen as well because football makes so much money to cover the rest of the right. sports. So with that, it it sounds like that. Which then you know with the Col- or Colorado State, the uh, California State stuff being coming out today. I mean, what? Ha- there you go. There's your thinning of the conference. Do we play if they can't play? And then and what? Re- jumping back real quick, just just in case people don't know what you mean when you say the Cal State stuff. The Cal State University system, by the way, run by former Vandal president Tim White, announced today nice that guy. the the majority of their institutions are not going to have students on campus in the fall, at least not in the traditional sense that all of us went to school. And most of our listeners probably went to school, uh, which that the translation of that for us, you know, Chris, because uh, Chris just said thinning of the herd. Sacramento State is Cal State Sacramento, Cal Poly, you know, Cal Poly San Luis Cal Obispo. State Polytech, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cal State Polytech. They uh, yeah. those two schools are in the Cal State system, which means they likely fall under the umbrella of not having students on camp on site at least for the fall, which means it's hard to envision a world where those school, like if you can't have students on campus, how do you have a football team? Cause there's students on campus. Yeah. No, which, uh, yeah, yeah I believe scrap everything. Was like, it the NCAA that came out and said, if there's no students on campus, we're not gonna have student athletes be the only ones on campus. So, right. so if they're saying that right now, basically, can you infer that that means no fall sports? Definitely for that does does it explicitly say that in the in that article no but i think I mean, that's or, kind of what's going to i, no, I was yeah. surprised i tried to research it for a while because there's a couple of stuff out but nobody has touched on like the sports aspect that i could find at least and that was the first thing i'm thinking of is like okay so you're making it's not as i understand it ucla and usc are both uc schools california's weird and have like different things so like like i said it's not necessarily usc yeah it's not usc ucla UC Davis, UC Berkeley, and Stanford doesn't include because I believe it's private. But yeah, it's like your Sac State, your Fresno State, your San Diego State, your all of those. So it's like so the Pac-12 is not necessarily hurt yet, but you would assume they're going to follow suit. But yeah, I mean it's you're like how does this affect athletics? Because let's say the UC schools don't do it. If you're at Fresno State, what do you do? Like do you try to go play at USC, saying that like the UCs don't follow suit? I think they follow suit. Uh, it's super complicated, and yeah. like I said I don't think it's wait, basically. Yeah, just and to I, see. I don't think it's accidental that the Big Sky came out with this. Their announcement yesterday, and then this came out today. I think they've been in contact with you know UC Davis, Cal Poly. It would be another one that's affected, and 
probably UC, UC Davis, Sac State, Cal Poly, and they've been said, like, this is something that's being talked about by our president. So we should probably be prepared for it. And I think that's when the big sky said, we need to have a group meeting. And, you know, we don't know any of this for sure, but I do think it's not coincidental. They said, oh, we're going to let every school and every state make their own decisions. Oh, by the way, the very next day, this comes out. California said half their over half their school system because the CSU's like 23 campuses aren't going to participate in the fall. And according to what the NCAA came out with a while ago, that means if students aren't on campus, they're not allowing sports. So it it's super tricky. And then it comes down to the thing, if you're the big sky, what does that mean? If you're only really losing Sac State and Cal Poly, do you just go forward with 11 teams, assuming UC Davis gets to stay because they're in the UC system and nobody else follows that? But then I think you open up the other can of worms of, Washington and Oregon have tied themselves to the hip to California and that the, all three states are going to do stuff similar and in, you know, collaboration with each other. Does that mean shortly? I mean, Oregon's already said no people at events. Does this mean Oregon eventually says no students back, which means no ducks, beavers, no Western Oregon for us for our opening game. And then, you know, Eastern Washington wouldn't be able to play or Wazoo. And then obviously you dub and it just creates this whole can of worms of, I mean, what happens? It, I mean, yeah, it, crazy. The this thing, is just all of it is insane. We know the schedule that is on that every team's schedule right now for football is in play to be something completely different. And the reason I bring that up is just as a reference point with the CSU schools. Yeah, Chris said that's twenty-three campuses. For our listeners, like that includes, I think, three Mountain West schools. In you know, it includes the two Big Sky schools we talked about. Um, I don't know if, if the Pac-12 schools are involved. As now, I don't think the Pac-12 system. is not affected at all because they're all UC schools or private in Stanford. So, okay. but for like Idaho, I'm just looking at Idaho State's football schedule as our reference point. They play three schools that are involved in the CSU system next season. They they have Cal Poly, Sac State, and they have a non-conference game against Fresno State. If you have a, that's three out of eleven game, three out of eleven games on their schedule that they can't. So like, if it's not like Idaho State would then just be given this eight game schedule total, that mm-hmm. no one and then everyone else would have something different. They'd likely try to have some version of schedule parity at least. So I mean, to just me, high schools. Yeah, I mean, I think we're at the point where absolutely anything is on the table in in terms of when the season yeah. starts and what that schedule even looks like. Yeah. And then, so that's uh we actually have our first question Maybe from schedule. main man turnt turt. Um, if the big sky does cancel football slash sports for the season, when do they make that announcement? And what is the probability of limited or no fan attendance at the game? Which, I mean, I, I'll just give my quick opinion on this real quick Good question. I mean, I think, if they're going to announce it, it's going to come in the summer. We're, we're, as things start to reopen, I think that's where they're going to look at it. If you lose all three California schools, is that the end of it? No, you're at a 10-team conference. You can totally do a nine-team round robin and just play in conference. So is it perfect? No, but you're only two games short. I could see a scenario where that plays out. I don't know if that's what they will do. But then I, I think you have to wait and see because then if, let's say, Eastern Washington gets cut, are you really going to play without one of your top players in the conference? Portland State gets cut. Now you're down to, you know, nine teams playing uh, or eight teams. And then all of a sudden, Idaho, Montana, if more dominoes start falling or if the Utah 
if Utah goes, you lose two schools. Like, I think Idaho, you lose two schools. Montana, you lose two. Like, at some point, there's a number that I'm sure they have in their head that if this many states, which is why they came out with this whole thing about we're leaving it up to the individual states and schools because most – I don't believe we have any pri- – is Weber State private or is every Big Sky school a public institution? Weber's public. Yeah, okay, so everybody's public, so they're going to have to rely on what their states say. So if Utah's governor comes out and says – no sports, no no fall semester. Then there goes there goes two schools. So um, I think it's interesting. Obviously, you could play Dixie State in somehow if you really needed to just add one team because they're independent and just be like, you know, you want to take pretty much Cal Poly schedule and we'll just play you as Cal Poly or whatever. But uh, I think if they announce it, it'll be during the summer when stuff kind of we get a better idea of how big is this second wave going to be. Like I said, if there is one, we're I'm not a politician or a health person so i'm just going off what i hear uh if there's a second wave how big is it do we overwhelm again and do we shut back down if we shut back down they call it obviously if they do go forward once again i think it comes down to state rule i know here in washington it's we're expected july 5th i believe is where we can start having gatherings of over 50 people pending everything goes perfectly so obviously by july if you're allowed to have gatherings as normal over 50 people and everything's supposed to be normal again then eastern washington should be able to play with fans and I think Washington's more on the the slower moving side of this because it was so heavily infected that if Washington and Oregon and California start moving that way, which we just learned about California, then I could see like Montana and Idaho and Utah are probably going to be some of the quicker ones to reopen, um, right or wrong. But I, I think there's a chance that some schools say you can play sports, but there's no fans. And I think that would be weird. I think – some schools, we, uh, I think it was the Grizz fan that talked about it. Some schools wouldn't be as impacted by that as others. For instance, Montana would. Montana State would. Southern Utah, are they really going to be that hurt if they don't open the gates? Yeah, they're losing some concessions and stuff. I don't have their attendance in front of me, but I don't believe they're a super strong attendance school. So is it really that bad if their administration says, sorry, like no, no fans at the games till October and – Oh, well, I guess like, it's not like anyone was really going to Cedar city to watch their team there anyways. I wasn't. So I, I don't know. I, I could see definitely where it's more, but the big sky just said school by school, I guess. So it's going to be maybe some places you're allowed to some places you're not. If you're a place that does, I mean, one, you open yourself up to that risk, but two, man, you're going to be on everybody's like away schedule. Cause if you're a Southern Utah fan, you can't watch any of your home games. You bet your bottom dollar. You're going to be doing some traveling probably, but um, well, and to add another layer of complexity to this, like we already know the Big Sky has 13 football teams. We we kind of have a de facto 14th this year because a ton – right Dixie now State. Dixie State has four scheduled Big Sky games if their schedule plays out as is written, mm-hmm. which you know, it was just – you brought up Utah public schools. Like the Utah question isn't also just – uh, what the Southern Utah Weaver State schedule is. It's also the Dixie State because they have four four games. Of, I mean, do they get treated differently now because they're in de- they're independent for our scheduling, or does Dixie State become you know if the Utah schools get to play, does Dixie State actually make it a little more feasible for us to have you know teams have something closer to a complete schedule? Um, you know that the Dixie State variable could really work in any direction. I know I was just looking at it because when I was looking at if Idaho had openings, I, I saw uh, the Sac State game versus Dixie State October 3rd, and I, was th- I just got greedy, thinking, dude, we might get another FCS game. Yeah, 
But and, I mean, stuff and, like that's on the table. We have no idea. And, um, and Western Oregon, like I wise. said, I think with California, I think the Oregon and Washington schools are next. Sad because that would include Eastern. But I mean, what Western Oregon's D two that we're playing opening week, and obviously they're not going to just play away games. If they, you know, they're going to pull the season. So then, do you try to reschedule that with a state that is playing? And is it once again? I think if anything, it's you have going time. Yeah, to schedule that though. That's, That's true. Problem. That's true. And are we just going to play conference schedule? Because you know, like the, right, like you always see, like Idaho to play Cal in, like right. Or who was it? Was it Cal in like twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four? Wasn't there some they scheduled some California team recently? Yeah. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Sorry, but yeah, you see that stuff like years in advance. I guess that's a lot of Power Five schools. But even if you go on fbschedules.com, dot com, you can go like four years in the future and everything's oh, yeah. like planned out yeah like i wrote so i wonder how quick you could do it or if they would experiment with that i don't know yeah i wrote an article on it um gosh i think it was last fall or something kind of covering all of our future or winter is fixing our future schedule and i went all the way through fbsschedules.com and yeah it's which we'll touch on that later with sam our uh sam herter's article but yeah we have a game against cal game against oregon um but yeah, the, and we talked about it. Brian's talked about it when he met with Pete Isaacson. Like, some of these games are scheduled way in advance, like years, 10, 10, or not 10 years, but you know, like five, six, seven years in advance. I mean, we've had the Cal game on since 2017, I think, and we're playing them in 23. So yeah, that's seven years. So it, I, I don't think if we Western Oregon drops, Eastern drops, our two Cal schools drop, like. I don't think they're necessarily going to find us replacements other than maybe Dixie State just because it's like, hey, we're going to throw you a bone. You're basically big sky school anyways. So you can fill in and help substitute this so we're not just playing a five-game schedule. We're playing at least a six, seven, eight, hopefully nine-game schedule. Hopefully everybody, but it sounds like California has already made the decision. So I don't it's, – it's curious. I would love to hear the big sky have a statement today because I think – from when they announced this yesterday to what has happened today, just everything yeah, that they like talked about, we're... worst case scenario, already starting to happen. Your California schools I'm have to are... get one of those guys Apparently. on the phone. What? what? You get, yeah. You got to get a big sky person on the phone and be like, all right, what's going on with the California stuff, man? Yeah. Like, what, what doors are open and closed here? <laughs> exactly. Um, and with the fans, I would think, I think, I, I guess it'd probably be in trickle-in effect type of thing, you know? Like... Isn't that what they're doing in like Taiwan or something? Like, like shout out Sean Kramer. Uh, aren't they, they Korean like, baseball? Yeah. Like a thousand people like at a baseball game or like like increasing yeah. it little by little. Yeah. It's maybe something like that. Yeah, I, I think so. But it's. Oh, can I go on a? Or go ahead, sorry, man. No, no, no. You're fine. I was gonna say I. It's all just everything on this is crazy. The fact that the big sky said we're leaving it up to individual schools. Then the very next day, the California school system just goes. None of our schools are going to participate in the fall, which then falls in line with the NCAA saying, if you don't have students on campus, you're not going to have sports because they're student athletes. You can't just have the athletes, athlete students on campus and none of the other students. So, I mean, so much. I'm sure by the time this posts, if you're not watching it live on YouTube and you're listening to it on Thursday uh, on wherever you get your podcast streams, then, yeah, things have probably already changed. We've dated ourselves, and we're going to sound like idiots because all this news is going to be out. But this literally happened at, what, like 1 o'clock today this came out? So it's it's pretty yeah. new to us on Tuesday, and by Wednesday we'll probably have answers from the big sky. And by Thursday you'll listen to this and go, well, they already covered why or how it's going to work. But 
Can I go on a quick uh, tangent that's related to what you had said earlier about if you guys are good with just this quick bit? It actually is Vandal related too. Um, just about you, you were talking about exposure that maybe some of the smaller leagues that might might not get it will have you know more people tuning in and whatnot. Uh, that that's what I had mentioned that Arizona, my, like basically minor league golf, the Outlaw Tour. There's a former Vandal named Ryan Porch on it, and there is a former Wazoo player named Derek Bailey who's from Raftrum, Idaho. They're playing on the Outlaw Tour. Funny thing about the Outlaw Tour is that obviously the purses are small. Like, yeah. I don't know, a couple thousand dollars for minor league golf. That's what you get for four days or whatever. But now, like, DraftKings, a bunch of gambling websites have <laughs> latched onto it because it's one of the only sports in the world happening. And the gamblers are putting, like, big money on it. Like, and I think the payouts are something like, uh, I want to say 50 grand. So, like, that's how much the betters would make. And the golfers, like, the first place finishers, like, makes a few thousand. It's like, uh, like, and it's funny because next week is the Scottsdale Open and Joel Damon from Clarkston is going to play in it because he's, that's like his adopted home. And then Ryan Porch from Idaho, from Kalispell, Montana, but went to Idaho. And Derek Bailey from Wazoo, from Rath, from Idaho. And they're going to stream it on Periscope. It's like a really like it's like a low quality stream. There's like a hundred people watching, but it's oh I don't know. It's God. the only thing happening. And there's a few local connections there. That's hilarious. No, uh, which I guess actually kind of brings us in. Unless Brian, do you have any like closing points on kind of the Big Sky, Cal uh, California State School stuff before we move on to uh, our next little subject here? I guess you've been, you've been quiet through it, yeah. so I, I, I'm curious on your take. You're you're usually the more logical of the two of us, at least. No, man, I mean, maybe I am uh, in this, where we're at. Absolutely everything's on the table, and I'm not saying that as speculation. I'm staring at an interview uh, published in the Bozeman Daily Chronicle that cites Big Sky Commissioner Tom Listersill as saying the conference has not ruled out limiting fans in attendance or rescheduling games so teams from states with lighter restrictions during the pandemic could play each other. Uh, I, th- I remember I thought I'd read something. I need guys to not quote, uh, listeners not quote me on this because I couldn't find it. One of the beat reporters had initially said that volleyball was going to be scheduled in back-to-backs so teams would play Friday, Saturday to try to make travel simpler and to make, you know, like a, a accounting for everyone in terms of like where being isolated when you're out of your home area easier. Though I couldn't find where that was repeated, so I probably can't say that's like as a fact Mm -hmm. but we're seeing even the commissioner saying the schedule we were talking about earlier as in look some teams are going to be off the table so what the hell does that mean it means the rules for the last decades about how long things are planned in advance are probably thrown out the window and the actual schedule you get is this intersection of we're trying to do a round robin but you know, maybe a team like Idaho needs to play schools it can drive to because then in terms of being safe within other states, if you're like if it's a bus trip, you it's just your team that is it being exposed to themselves. They're not, you know, getting on a, a flight and then exposing themselves and everyone else in the mm-hmm. airport. So, you know, if there's some baseline of safety you have when you leave, you, you can presume it's still kind of there. I don't know if that's something we'd be looking at because the Big Sky is a huge conference, but there are pockets of, you know, Idaho can drive to Eastern if that's okay, if Eastern's open. We can drive to Portland if we need to, if Port- if Portland's allowed to play. We certainly can drive to places like, to somewhere like Missoula 
and we theoretically could drive somewhere like Montana State, but would that mean like the winter, you know, the areas that get, have rougher winters, like you know Montana State, have priority of like no, we'll we'll get you out, uh, you know, we'll, or we'll get schools to you or something like that early. I don't know, but just, you know, if the the commissioner's saying, look, the schedule on paper might now might not be what we have. Absolutely, anything is on the table to happen. Yeah, it's. It's all pretty crazy, and uh, it, what's even the craziest part of all of it is probably uh, a, a uh, newsman that we know actually wrote something pretty on point to what's kind of being impacted right now. Uh, Colton Clark of the Lewiston Tribune, I don't know if you ever heard of him, uh, wrote recently had a piece with Terry Gala kind of talking over all the finances and everything, and I guess Colton kind of... For people, one, go read the article, but maybe some of the stuff that didn't make it in the article. What's kind of some of the stuff that came out? And I mean, your best hypothesis, if you're willing to give it, on terms of what's kind of changed. Because I believe the interview happened when all this was starting to come ahead, but it, I don't think anybody at that yeah. time saw what it was going to be. Yeah. Well, I didn't leave anything out of it. Uh, actually, that's why it was so long is because I was trying to get – anything of any kind of substance into it and uh i i mean i it's just a whole lot of uncertainty so i can't give you anything concrete there but i can give you some 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 facts that i just have in front of me that were a little alarming and then some that like i hadn't i didn't think of at all before so you know the budget deficit we know it was up to you know 1.5 million give or take maybe a little bit more than that and that actually evan ellis of uh, pullman radio reported that for He's, he's always just really good. I was looking at their budget, which is a, uh, it's hard to find, uh, but you can find it on Ida's website. I think it's about 1.7 or so now. Uh, yeah, it's it's. But remember, a few years ago, to see this is a little bit alarming to me. Wasn't the deficit? So I don't know for sure, but you guys might remember. Remember when they were uh, talking about maybe cutting sports a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. Wasn't the the deficit and hiding the deficit? And wasn't that about? One million almost on the dot, like, or so. And if it's grown a bit from from then, then that's a little alarming, especially with coronavirus and the speculation again. Mm. Not trying to like scare. They, you know, who knows? Maybe they figure something out. Uh, so maybe that that's like a loss of maybe six, seven hundred thousand. And a lot of that they talked about, you know, from from the football program is that statistics weren't good. Attendances were bad they were, they were down and contributions to the program were down considerably and uh you, you know it's tough for players too just you know not having but but anyways so anyways that's a that's a big loss right there and then maybe it grows more without a season i, I don't know that's a little disheartening but anyways uh just tickets and guarantee games this is another little stat here i think that's about two million just just that uh, almost two million, and just just combining those two things, just tickets, guarantee games, and without that, oof, like, uh, you know, I don't know what happens, and that's kind of what uh, Terry Gallick had said, like those are the two big ones. But then again, like, how do you start it up again? Like, because then she just mentioned this, like some states can't do it, and if they can't do it, how do we do it? And you know, how are we going to get this money? That be like, for example, 2023, I saw Cal. I mean, I'm, no, no, I don't know why I'm bringing up the cow. But, you know, if, if, if things get pushed back, then, then how do you reschedule? She had mentioned some of that stuff, uh, just kind of going along here down the list. And she uh, we, she also addressed the NCAA tournament, which that was a huge one. That's a six-figure 
payout for each school probably now about because they do that spread it you know across mm-hmm. d1 members that a lot of that money they make but i i think that's been cut about in half the amount of money you get from that i want to say uh it's been awesome since i've written this but i'm jot- i jotted down what i can remember it's now about to two hundred thousand. yeah uh just so just for hosting and just for hosting also two hundred thousand, and and that that's that's Gone. no more and I, I had said something I, I had said bump when i asked her a question about uh you know is that that's a really nice bump to have that and she's like it's not not just a bump like that that's a really important chunk of money to keep going at this level i'm surprised i bet we'll hear announcements about because I, I was trying to get i was like do you have some sort of plan yet I, I mean i know it's early and that's kind of what she was saying she's like it's just really early like there's not really much i could do i i believe her on that there's just there's yeah. not really she came to the situation then this stuff, stuff starts happening and everyone's kind of in the same boat and you're just like well i, I don't know like, i don't have a, just the magic formula to figure this thing out yet yeah. so that, that's what but a lot of it was me just looking at the budget and saying like well they might lose this they could lose this it's at this right now but then there's also this if i'm going to be a little bit little more optimism here with there's no spring sports i mean this isn't optimistic cause yeah you're not so, paying so no for sports, but you know the travel gone yeah golf's like, not flying to offenses. vegas that's like three hundred fifty thousand dollars or something like that yeah for spring tra- it's something like six figures for spring travel and like yeah you don't have to do that okay that that's that's good and it's about a quarter of a million for recruiting in all and a lot of recruiting is happening right and the football team obviously takes the biggest chunk of that and they don't have travel expenses for recruiting so it's like okay they're staying home that sucks it'd be good to get out and look at the players and everything and, and be able to connect with people get the right recruits but it's like you're saving that money you're, you're just trying to find ways it's like by stopping things you're saving the money you would have spent but at the same time you're losing the money that you make when things are running so it's like double edged it's like what do you how do you really figure it out? I don't know. Like that's basically kind of the the, the gist of of that kind of. Sorry for talking. Yeah. No, but I mean, there. we kind of covered that too. Especially yeah. like you talk about the NCAA sponsorship in Spokane, like and, and just the budgeted having what probably would have been Montana go to the NCAA tournament. Like that's when you're setting the budget. That's money that's you know fixed. Like you you write the budget. You go, we're sponsoring in Spokane this year. This money is coming to us. Yeah. One Big Sky team at least, you're hoping for more, right? But at least one Big Sky team is going to the NCAA tournament this year. We're going to get conference money paid out for that. Yeah. That You can estimate ticket sales. Like you'll hit your, probably your low and your high. You'll estimate concessions. You'll also, there's things that you're variable that you'll estimate you're on your budget. But things like for four years, five years, we've had it in plan that we would be the sponsor for this event. And then it's just axed. That that's a monkey wrench if there ever was one in your athletics, like or just a budget in general for anything. Like that's like a great example. The first time uh, I had a friend who didn't get his tax return, banked on his tax return, right? Was gonna plan a trip with it. Well, ended up making too much. Well, the opposite for Idaho, but you know, like if you bank on getting something and you budget for getting something, I'm gonna plan this trip based on getting this money, and then it's supposed to come. You've always gotten it, and then all of a sudden it's not there. Holy crap! That changes your whole yeah. outlook, at least for a couple months. Like not just like because now that. you're looking like four steps into the future. Yeah, because right? like here he is, bought plane tickets and thought he was going to refund himself like, for the tax return. The second step. Here's here's the U of I. Like they're like, oh, we'll be fine. We can do this, this, that, and the other because we have this money coming in and this money coming in that we get every single year, 
or at least it's been planned for years that we're going to get it this day. And then it's just like, nah, no, you're not, you're not getting it this year. It's like, well, we kind of budgeted for it. So, and not like attendance was all time highs last year. So it's not like he made it up revenue in other streams. It's, I mean, it's scary. It's, I believe today, I don't, once again, don't quote me on this. I believe we just announced furloughs today. So, I mean, we lasted longer than most, but I mean, yeah. like we said, we haven't been, I personally, as probably the go-to Boise State picker on our, on our, you know, social media, have not been going after them super hard on laying a bunch of people off because I, I had a hunch if they're doing it, Wazoo's doing it, it's going to happen to us. And we talked yeah. to Mahmood about it. Like, it's, yeah, you know, it's. It's something that, that no one knows. We haven't done this at this time. Yeah, it's it, nobody knows, and it, it's. But I mean, yeah, it's you just got to think that somewhere, it, it crazy times. There's just not revenue coming, and that was expected. And like I said, it's it's a monkey wrench. You got a monkey wrench thrown in your budget, and out of everywhere you want and something thrown, a budget is not. At that point, Chris. Yeah. Um, you know, in Colton's article, this isn't all revenues the athletic department gets. But, you know, Colton wrote ticket sales and game guarantees for football uh, totaled $1.6 million last fiscal year. All other sports combined brought in 200000 And a lot of that 1.6, you're going to say is from, yeah, and a lot of that's a big chunk of that's guaranteed games, which might might not be yeah. on the table the way we thought they were. Exactly. You but get 500K, we're going to Wazoo, dude. <laughs> And then, you know, the tick, whether people can be in the stands for tickets at all is a real question, which further diminishes your revenue for the next year. But man, I guess I, I'm curious whether some of these schools don't feel they can truly afford to press to just say, hey, football's done uh, yeah. with the kind of marketing they believe with the you know overall return on investment they believe they get. Or if it's the kind of thing where, like, look, it really matters to the culture of the school to feel like you have this big thing. You know, like for Idaho, the football games, or for many schools, football games, homecoming, that is your big ritual that gets alums back in, that Mm -hmm. makes the place feel like it is, you know, everyone's place, whether you're a student or an alum or just a fan uh, from the area. I don't. I'm, I'm curious how many of the schools feel like no, like we, we don't feel comfortable saying we can get rid of the whole thing for a year until there's no other choice. But man, it, man, I guess if I were to jump in with my hot take, I I have no re- okay corner stool take. We haven't done this for a while. <laughs> my corner stool take. There's no way the schedules that are written right now are what happened. There's no way the season doesn't become regionalized in some way. And I'm saying that because I looked up while we were talking what, what I'd said about volleyball travel. This is from the Idaho Press. <laughs> Volleyball's changing their schedule so much. Volleyball's changed their schedule so much that instead of typically uh, what they do is they do a basketball did where you play Thursday, Saturday. You have a travel travel partner. When you travel, you play two teams. What they're doing now is you just travel to one school you play that team on Friday and then you play that team on Saturday and then you go home. So like if Idaho traveled to Montana, we just play Montana twice, then come back home. If some sports are already being that restrictive with scheduling, there's no way that football doesn't have some sort of pretty strict limitation on, on travel. If you know, for the schools to say it's feasible partially based off what we just talked about with revenue 
because it still has to make enough sense based off the budget to be able to take place. Otherwise, I mean, you know, we, we've seen in Idaho, we don't have this bailout coming for the athletic department, um, except what you can raise. So I, it, it's, it's just going to have to be different. That's it. But it's cool that the, the conference le- is leaving the door open at the very least. And that That's is a cornerstool take to right there. You know, talking, talking my head, head around was, what, does this affect, I wonder if this affects in any way future scheduling or if you just completely wipe it out and say it never happened, just stick with, like, sorry teams that we were we had to play for financial agreements, you know, or can you push it, can you push it back or is it just, you know, see, that's why I brought up that game in a, in a couple of years, like, Will that will anything like down the road that far be affected? I think that's what's really hard yeah. for a lot of these people because they're they're trying to plan out if it will be like it like what are the long term effects of this and how do you mitigate that? I don't know. Yeah. It's I have no I'm that's like that stuff's over my head like at this like I can't even imagine being like you know director of something like, like being an AD right now or a, a conference like head of a conference like it would be like oh yeah. What does, how do you make those decisions? And you just think, like, for that, too, like, think of just Idaho in general. Like, the stream of people we like and are rooting for right now, like, God, rough jobs right now. You think Terry Gollick, been in the job, you know, working our way up here. Terry Gollick, been in the job, what was it, September she was hired? Maybe August? But, yeah, August, you know, yeah. Yeah, like, not long. Hasn't even been a year. Been, like, nine months. This has happened, plus everything else. Then you look at Scott Green. He's been in the position since July, I believe it was. Like, Damn. not even a full year. Has to deal with this. Tom yeah. Wistershill got hired in, I believe, was it during the football? No, it was after. But, I mean, it was, we were podcasting still, but it was later in the podcast session when he got announced. I remember we were talking about who it might be. Um, it, all these people have been there for under a year. Tom maybe just slightly over a year. And they're dealing with this first go, and there's so much, like you said, long-term impacts for conferences, for schools, for athletic departments in the schools, but not just that. It's crazy. And uh, actually, while we're talking about this, I mean, it doesn't totally align, but uh, Nick Stutzman, uh, one of our longtime listeners, got a question for Colton, actually. Uh, Obviously, last week we had Mahmoud Sheikh from the athletic department on the associate athletic director for development and executive director of the Vandal Scholarship Fund. I might have murdered that somewhere, but somewhere along the line, the basis was nailed. Uh, On topic of finances, I'm interested, Colton Clark, what is your take on UI getting boosters and donations back, COVID situation aside? So just just how they win back support? Yeah, so like we're talking obviously COVID's issue. Win, Win, baby, win. Some Al Davis, that's a suggestion. Love it. Just keep kill it, make Love good decisions. It. I don't know, like, I'm not gonna like, yeah, just just win a bunch of championships, win big sky titles, and then uh, I don't know. May, may, I know there's a lot of people who want to move back up. If you just win, <laughs> then, yeah. then maybe you do. I yeah, don't know, like, cause... maybe you don't. Maybe you stick there, and you're like, oh. But I know there's a lot of people concerned with FCS finances. I get it. As I've said before, I think to you guys, I'm not a proponent of either. Like I, 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 like I'm not FCS or, or FBS pro. I'm just there for the ride. Like that's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm just watching it and writing about it. I, I, I'm not rooting for. I'm just like I hope people are all right in general. But you know, I'm just there to write about it basically. So 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like, if the coaching staff works out in the next couple of years, keep him in there. I mean, he's there. What, what are you going to do? I guess it's they made it clear that he's, that Paul is going to go with his contract, see what happens, and then if not, bring in a new guy and win. <laughs> it's simple. I think that cures all, right? Winning cures everything. It always has, always will. Yeah. Unless, actually, ironically, TJ Hopkins was actually over earlier. Uh, we, we talked about having him do a surprise pop into a wing segment, but we were chatting Michigan. And we were kind of, it's funny about the win, you know, just win. Michigan's winning, and they're winning more than they were with, um, not Lloyd Carr, the, you know, the people they had before. I'm spacing it right now. but Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke. Yes, Brady, yeah, Brady Hoke, where they missed a bowl game, I believe, one year. And it's like, now they're complaining about 10 win seasons. Like, oh, I see the guy. It's like, uh-huh. one, what a nice problem to have. I, I said they're, they're Auburn. Like, as Auburn right now, with Gus Malzahn and everything, like, you're outperforming what you've done historically, like 10-win seasons competing for the SEC West. The only problem is Alabama's just top dog right now. Same with uh, Michigan. Like, Unfortunately, Ohio State is just on a run that they haven't been on in a long time, and you're going to have to take backseat to that. But don't like overreact here. And what I just think, for, for Idaho fans, what a fun like topic to have. Like, Oh, man, should we let somebody go because they're winning 10 games a year, but, you know, maybe we're not beating Montana every year. We're not going to the FCS semis every year. Like, but, oh, but we're winning 10 games. Like, let's get there. But, yeah, I think you're right. Just winning fixes everything, and then eventually you get sick of winning and you need to win something. But right now we'll just take numbers of wins instead of importance of wins. But And then you're like, we need to win another conference. And you're like, this conference yeah. Boring. Then we're having the conversation we had in the '90s of like, well, the Big Sky is too easy. We're better than the Big Sky. Boise State and Nevada are going yeah. up. Why aren't we going up? Yeah. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> what I think we need to have happen uh, to try to just like directly get at Nick's question is if you look, you know, back to what you guys were talking about when we made that initial transition, our our department made the transition from a position of strength where we had built success for more than you know one season. When we made the transition, you know, back in the 90s, I think 1996, it was like the year we actually did the transition right around there, or maybe it was 97. We, if you look at Idaho's records, those first three years, that's, that's our best three-year run in our entire history of being at FBS, which to me shows for Idaho to do this, we, we, have, to actually, we have to build the program to something respectable within the big sky ba- based off what you guys were talking about, uh, which to me, like the cir- circling the question, how do we get donors back? Part of the sales job is going to have to be to, for donors to understand that any of the changes that they want, like whether it was, you know, Paul being fired, like everyone, ta- including us, talked about last year or moving up if uh, an opportunity comes to, you know, an FBS conference, it's going to be pretty tough for us to look like an attractive member if we have this huge deficit over our head the entire time Hmm. what we need to do is for people to understand if you want those things to happen you need the program to be strong and to do that money's just got to come in we and you have to give the department real time because i i think what a lot of fans do i'm probably guilty of this as well is you look at vandal athletics as you know like a spectrum let's say from the time you followed and it feels like well forever we've been doing a b and c or forever we have not been doing a b and c and you just want the whole thing to turn around the people who actually make decisions haven't even been there long enough to have a a five-year plan you'd say 
And I, I completely buy that when Mahmoud said at this point, it's one year plan of futuristic thinking. I completely buy that because if you think about all the things they walked into, essentially a lot of that job is triage just to get through to have your season. It's hard to even think about building something if you don't have that baseline of stability. So the way I think don't I think what's got to happen is the sales job to donors has to be you want these changes, you fund the VSF. If yeah. you don't fund the VSF, those changes aren't on the table. Yeah. Would- yeah, because that's the players are like they're just like we just we just want to play. <laughs> and I will say the I will the Idaho football team that that's a bunch of good good people. I I, I will say like a, I've have not had one problem with any of the players on that team. Uh, also in the athletic department, the people that just kind of the people that are around that work there. I don't know why there's like like there's like sort of this kind of like bad rap floating around, but it's like you know if you walk around there, they're just like they're just nice like they're just people you know they're not they're not like bad you know grimy businessman like oh we're gonna scheme yeah like <laughs> they're pretty they just you know it, it sucks it's like it's unfortunate and i understand the people that are mad about it dropping like i get it but you know you're just kind of I'm, I'm kind of a this is what it is like make of it what you will type of person yeah no, like, we had a big long thread on all vandals kind of covering you know people reacting to our mahmood interview and you know some people that that was their point and some people were like no i think mahmood's right you know that's kind of the argument right now is yeah okay i understand you're hurting the athletes you're right i'm a vandal i love a vandal what he said of you got to be a vandal in the good times and a vandal in the bad times that's what separates he didn't say this so i'm adding this part that's what separates us from the broncos let's see how many of those boosters that didn't go to boise state most of them didn't graduate from Boise State because no one graduated from Boise State. But how many of them are going to get money Just when they're when they're 2-10, right? How many people are going to build a new basketball arena when they're 1-11? Like, we have something unique there in alumni base that's been put down for 20, 25 years, and they still donate. But then there's the other side of it of like, but then there's the other side of that coin. I've been giving you money for 20, 25 years, and my return on investment is what? Yeah. Two two bowl wins, three bowl wins, two that people seem to care about. I mean, 98, we all thought it was great, and we we're going to have more of them. So it seems to be, I mean, our poll of Vandal Rewatchables, it still hasn't won a poll vote. Like, we've gone through like six games, including regular season games, and our original bowl win, first bowl win in the FBS, hasn't even been picked yet. So it's like, people obviously didn't care about 98's bowl win as much as other games. I'm not saying oh. nobody cares, but, I mean... When you look at it, that's what that's what twenty five years worth of money got for some people, and they're like, and now we're back in the FCS. Like, what was the point? But um, hey, different what argument. What kind of access do you have to game film with like footage? Like, how are you finding these? Uh, <laughs> you have your ways. A, a solid source called Wally. And do you know what's the the best part about all that is? He it's a Bronco. I'm not gonna lie. Oh. He he's I I mean he's a Bronco yeah, like every Bronco. I don't know if he went there or like- not. But what was that? I've seen that on – is his name like Bronco something? Well, yeah, Wall, Wally the Bronco. Wally's the dog. He doesn't give his name I, out. He has a dog oh, named man. Wally. But, yeah, and he's like one of the greatest – like biggest game collectors in the entire states. Um, but, yeah, he, he and I have got like some, some stuff going on. I got some games in the funnel through some of his connects that hopefully we're getting through. But uh, shout out to Wally if he listens to this. He's going through some stuff right now. Um, so get well soon. Not COVID-related, but uh, – yeah, but hopefully for game. I mean, games, game connection. I love it. He's he's great. But uh, anywho, um, 
We had you on here for a football update. I don't know how much you have. I mean, you've been covering them all off season, so have we. I think it was more like what we've talked about, what you've talked about, and then we got a couple other things to cover. And because uh, I think we we cover finances, you know. Right now, it's get people back, and with COVID, nobody knows what's going to happen with finances. But unless Brian, you're kind of looking. Do you have any closing points before we move forward to kind of a football update that I've had on the screen for a while? No, man. Well, let's go. Perfect. All right. All right. Colton, football, what's happening? A few things. uh, I mean, it's tough not being able to get people on campus for this team because I know that Paul Petrino has talked about many times that they kind of sell themselves. On on campus is where they really sell themselves. Like, that's where they've gotten some of their best recruits is the guys that they've gotten to the summer camps or they've gotten to come meet the players, you know, and just kind of hang out with them and see. And because they, you know, they sell that family atmosphere inside of home. Like they're good recruiters. Have you, have you met somebody that's came on campus and didn't like the campus? Like I, I can say it because as somebody that almost went to Washington state, like I will admit a hundred percent in my mind before I made that decision, I thought Idaho had a better campus than Washington state. I just made the decision to go to Idaho eventually do the other stuff, which we'll cover a little bit later here. But, like, uh, you get to Moscow and you get around that campus, it's hard to say, no, I don't want to go to school here. Like, it is a unique place. We're one of the few places that, I mean, we usually rank pretty high in residential campuses around the country. So it's like, like you know, us, Montana, uh, I'll even Montana State. Like, those are places, well, definitely more Montana on that side. But they're campuses that you go to and you just go, wow, you know. So yeah, I agree with that. And and then the players, because the players at a place like you know Moscow, players are as big a recruiting instrument as, as coaches sometimes. Mm-hmm. If you can form a connection quickly with with somebody who's thinking about coming there, and like look at it, look at all the guys that are like related on Idaho's team, like for example. Yeah. And, and I think there's some more of them coming in too. I think there might be another brother or two. Uh, yeah. and, and again, not Jonah though. Not Jonah. You know, obviously not able to travel and whatnot and, and invite people. But then again, like you guys have seen, you've been retweeting it. Like look at Twitter, look how many offers are out there for the, for the people for the next class. And, and that's what Paul Petrino talked about. If you guys had, had read that is it's they, during this thing, he's just like, let's offer more and more people than we like. They were doing a lot of video scouting during, during when they would normally be doing spring ball. Cause you know, you have downtime, might as well do your job, you know, and try and find some guys. So, that's what Petrino was saying. He, they put out a whole bunch of offers, and he, he's always in contact with the top 40 of them. My story was kind of, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, good. It was just kind of like, what are, what are they up to? There, there's some stuff that was kind of interesting like that, and and that's why, because I remember somebody, I think there was a Weber State reporter, it was uh, Brett Hine, yeah. and he, like, tweeted at me, and he was like, what's the deal? Why are so many Idaho people being, like, got offered, or so many people being, like, got offered by Idaho? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> They're just offering a lot of people. And yet, Trino said that. We're offering extra people. We're offering people yeah. that might be offered by bigger schools. We're like, whatever, we'll offer you. We're trying to get the, the, the guys. And obviously, some players are a bit a bit spread out. But it sounds like they're uh, doing all right of, of keeping kind of everyone involved. Because, you know, the eight-hour thing is a new – you got eight hours a week. Rather, it was two, then it was four hours a week. And now it's eight hours a week mentally. You can You can – getting zoom chats it's not obviously not as good but you know he said it, it's been really it's been good for the install of, of the team with the guys like the spring arrivals yeah. like he's like they're coming around along pretty well i mean we're we're going through we get to go through the install really slowly now 
make sure everybody's got it down. So uh, there you go. That's in the recruiting. I, I think we can agree that the recruiting has, has looked pretty solid. Well, Paul's always been a great recruiter, though. That's like uh, yeah. Any anybody who has issues with Paul, they can never say like doesn't recruit well. Like he yeah. for the situation he was in, I feel like he's always out recruited his situation. Like. I mean, you think about some of the players we've lost, like Ty Montgomery, Richard. Uh, no, is it, was it Ty Montgomery? Ty. Rich, Rich Montgomery. I'm thinking of Rich, Montgomery. but I'm also so who's yeah, the guy Montgomery. we had the first year in the Big Sky, the running back, who like was fre- all freshman Big Sky, and then Tyrese Walker. Tyrese Walker. So Ty Walker, Richard Montgomery. Like, we we've had players that were super. Like, can you imagine those both those players? No, Rich wouldn't be on the team anymore. But like, imagine last year with Ty. Like. I mean, I, he's always recruited, and he takes risk on players, but it hasn't impacted our APR too much, at, at least compared to some other years. So I, I will yeah. never say that Paul was a bad recruiter. But I guess from your – let's get your input on this because uh, Brian and I have talked about this. You talked about how the Zoom meetings are going. You're early – way too early, right? We didn't have a spring game. Mike Beaudry, C.J. Jordan, a pair to – would seem that both are – eligible to get the you know starting nod come western oregon if that is our opening you know all things pending do you think this spring hurts like i'm thinking the longer this stuff goes on colton richardson depending he could have won it on it if we're being honest i mean i know we've kind of moved past him it seems like on the podcast but i think it's because everybody already knows about colton and obviously there's the injury history but all in all like i think this benefits colton richardson more and more because Mike Beaudry isn't being able to practice and build up chemistry with these guys. I mean, I don't expect Chauncey, you know, Smart and some players like this to be bigger contributors. It's not just going to be like Cottrell and uh, Lee. But I just look at this and I go, as long as it hurts, because Beaudry would be on campus, I believe. Caleb was not going to be on campus till June 10th. So for Caleb, it's pretty much almost more than he would have gotten anyways. But, like, for Beaudry, it's like – if anything, I feel like it's hurting his chances. I mean, he might get a summer. We don't even know if he'll get summer ball to prove it. It's just, I guess, where's your er, way too early kind of opinions on how this is affecting quarterbacks and just in general people like Chauncey Smart and other people that are, are coming in that we expected to be contributors? Yeah, I think a guy like Mike Beaudry maybe, you know, they brought him in because he's super experienced. So, you know, maybe he'll be able to, to get by just just by doing the, you know, the mental reps and stuff. Uh, Caleb Jordan, I don't know. I, I have no idea what to think. Maybe I, 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 I guess he'd redshirt. You know, that mm-hmm. would be my ultimate. Which guess. Which has always been our idea. Again, yeah. Like I've, I've been wrong before. Like, what if he just in fall camp? It, it, if there's fall camp, God willing. Like, what if he just was so like crazy athletic and talented that they just had to start? I think defense. I think we're good. They, they're, 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 they don't got to worry there. Cause, you yeah. know, you lose two people, and then you kind of get a couple of plug-in guys, and it's like, I think, and that's kind of Paul kind of implied that is like, we feel better there, but then again, you're losing three O linemen, and you have to replace a senior quarterback, and then those are the that's exactly what he said. There's a quote in there that was like, you know, Zoom's all right, but the, those nothing can beat the value from those those reps, and he was specifically that was on quarterbacks because yeah. that that's the most important part of it. Because Brian, Brian's yeah, been, like I, I said. you're right, man. Richardson's in the driver's seat. Yeah, Brian's been our ground-to-earth guy on this. I obviously still love my boy, Nikhil Nair. Nair, that's my guy. I'm rooting for him to start. We didn't cover him enough, so I got to get him his uh, listen time here. Nikhil Nair for starter. Q 
QB1, let's go. Uh, Mercer Islanders, let's let's do it. But uh, looking at CJ Jordan, it, tons of I don't know what he's doing down there in Vancouver slash Portland. Does not seem like there's necessarily been a ton of quarantining going on. I've seen but tons of videos. And we Brian's the one who points <laughs> this up. Yeah, he looks really good on Twitter on an edited photo. But like you just mentioned, but what about those actual game reps? Like what about when he's at practice? Is he overthrowing dudes when there's a six six Benson Mayoa type? On the defense, Max Ford type, uh, Charles Ocano guy coming down at you. Are you still going to be able to throw that ball that way? And that's just stuff we won't know. I'm not saying he can't. Like, obviously, I actually think he's going to be really good. But we, we just don't know until we see it live. Like, yeah, it's really easy to dance around some cones and throw balls on a dime when no one's rushing you. Maybe you have a weighted vest on or whatever. But right now, Twitter quarterback, I mean, Caleb Jordan's got the starting job. Twitter quarterback looking great <laughs> right now. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. Push back real quick. Yeah, on my man. Uh, like again, my corner stool take. My man's Mike Beaudry. I would. I want Beaudry to win it because I also want CJ Jordan to be able to redshirt and potentially be here for yeah you know, those four years as a starter. But the the one thing I want to say is we talk about experience and experience. Uh, we gotta kind of define what we mean by that because Colton is the most experienced quarterback relative to reps played as an Idaho Vandal. He certainly doesn't have the most college starts of the potential quarterbacks that would be playing next. That would be Mike Beaudry, no question. You know, he started at the Division II school, I think it was like Western Florida, and he played, I think he played more at UConn last year than Colton played at Idaho this year, which I'm just bringing that up to to address... Colton has more time as an Idaho starter, but Colton had a pretty serious injury he's, you know, he had to recover from, which I know he was getting rehab for, so no question. It's more, I, you know, there's certainly points to say Colton has an advantage at Idaho, but I don't think he has all the, you know, the advantage of experience. Let's say if we take, if we understand the term experience a little bit more broadly, I don't necessarily believe he is the most experienced player in terms of college repetitions. Uh, which is why, for me, I think, you know, if Mike Beaudry is more healthy, because uh, I know I believe he had some injury issues at UConn as well. You know, if he comes in more healthy, um, I feel like he actually is the most experienced guy that could play next year. Which is why I would say he's kind of my my handicapped first guy. Yeah, you could say just from amount of time he's spent learning from collegiate coaches like there's experience right there i mean just being around a, a team that's i mean i don't know uconn you know kind of way there but they i mean uh, his other team they're like runner up right hey they went to a fiesta bowl according to some people down south that's all you need to be considered successful well there you go <laughs> <laughs> he's got it yeah. You're mad. He's in front, Brian. Yeah, played for a Fiesta Bowl losing team, I guess. That's the difference. But uh, it, I, one other thing, I, we kind of touched on this, but we, you brought up, uh, what was it, players are great recruiters, right? Okay. So I, I'm going to shift to our next subject and kind of rearrange our outline. I don't think Brian will have too much of a problem with this. So did you have a chance to look at the link and see the Grizz Chalk talk? That the Grizz is doing one in Idaho should do. The, oh, no, the, I did. I, I did. Whoa. So yeah, give me the here. I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. It, well, it's a YouTube video. I'll, I'll listen we'll, along. We'll explain to you what happened. Oh, so they're they're kind of they're, oh, they're, right, yeah, they're pretty much doing what we've been doing with these Vandal rewatchables, right? 
but it's like uh, Riley Cochran or whatever his name is, the, the voice of the Grizz. A couple other old Grizz. Coach Houck was on, and uh, they're just kind of going over the 3 Little Brown Stein game. I believe it was in Missoula. And they have a former player on. I don't remember his name. Brian can probably fill it in here. But they're talking to him, and he's he goes, oh, you know what's really funny about this? In 2 I was on a recruiting visit at Idaho. And I could be misquoting this. We'll put a link or something so people can go look at it. But he pretty much goes like, I, I was on my recruiting visit in Idaho. And I'm talking to the players. And like, oh, you know, wh- where are you getting offers to? He goes, oh, you know, like Idaho is really like the only school. It's really looking at me at the FBS level, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yeah, next week I've got like Montana. And then apparently they just stop. He goes, oh, the Idaho players that were hosting me just go, oh, you got an offer from Montana? Go to Montana. Like, no, no, seriously. What they have going over there, we can't touch. Go to Montana. So I'm just like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? Like, what? What a cold. Oh three, I I've been told to you know be a little quiet about this, but uh, there's certain somebody that I blame a lot for what Idaho's current state of affairs is, and uh, he happened to be the coach back then, and I'm just like. Point, Chris Tormey's guys would have never done that. I don't think Holtler, Erickson, or Aki or Petrino's guys would ever do that. How the hell do you allow this to happen? Like, how are your players telling someone to go to a different school? So he goes, it's funny when I'm in 03 and I see these players that literally told me to go to Montana and we upset FBS Idaho in Washington Grizz or whatever. And he goes, yeah, you guys were right. Thanks for letting me know. It's like, geez, Louise. Like... <laughs> But that, that was the big point, and we got called out. <laughs> yeah, Grizz Fan Pod tagged us in that. It was like, oh, we figured the tubs of the club, Chris and Brian and Sean and Martin and the crew would really enjoy this. <laughs> Brian and I listened to it and go, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me. We have players hosting recruits literally saying, go to an FCS school. When we were in FBS school, and only like four years in, like, Everything, for all we knew, we were just in a down couple, two years. Like, before that, this is coming off a run of dominance. There was no reason to think we sucked. Like, when we know now, hindsight, 2020. But back then, 03, we'd only had, like, three down years. We thought everything was going to turn around. We just had to maybe get rid of somebody, which we did, and things didn't improve. But I I just heard that, and that, that was kind of we, – we were going to touch on it last week, but we ran out of time with my mood. But – uh just crazy, like hearing that story, and obviously it's from that player's point of view. He's obviously a Montana alum now, so probably could have taken some creative liberties in telling the story That's to keep true. the Montana people happy. But holy cow, man, having players tell recruits like go to Montana—that's like, thank God that staff is just gone, <laughs> gone. And I disagree I with it for any recruits that ever watch something like this. They're wrong. Come to Idaho, hundred percent better school better campus football will get there we believe in the boys we believe in the coaching staff be a part of the building process that's my opinion <laughs> hey how about jeff cotton did there you go there you go in the shot, dude. we had just as that's many players get signed said. as montana I mean, knows knows receivers yeah that he said he's like just he's a good special teams guy and a lot of times that last guy if, if you're you get a free agent shot the last guy makes it because you you, you kick ass on special teams yeah, and you know, and then you just in practice you get your shot at at receiver. I think he can make it, man. I, I don't know how. I, like, I, I we've agree. talked about this a lot. It's just like watching versus all the FCS receivers. Like they, we, I was able to see at least. I was like, 
Oh man, like like I. He's better than Keelan Doss was. I think. Huh? I think he's better than Keelan Doss, and Keelan Doss got a lot of love. I think the difference was coming in last year, nobody really knew who he was because we were the FBS school coming down. And to be fair, he had good numbers, not outstanding numbers like he did last year. But like you just look at him, physicality, he's, I think he's slightly slower than Doss, but it doesn't look it on film or on the field. But 40 clock time, sure. But I just look at him and I go, he is literally just a little bit more physical Keelan Doss. And Keelan Doss made rosters last year. I think Jeff Cotton has a really good chance. So, and to be fair to Montana, too, I know we didn't really tie these together, but in my head, that's how I was going to tie this together. Dante Olson, I also think, is a guy who has a really good shot at being, like, pretty much like Brock Coyle was, and just, like, floating around as kind of that backup linebacker that's trustworthy for a while. So, ne- the, and it's funny because they got like, another Brock Coyle. These fan bases know it. Like, yeah. Kind of like the Idaho fan base knew with Caden Ellis. They're like, he's going to make the roster. Yeah. And then he did. And then he was getting a lot of reps. Yeah. And like, then. Uh, we, Freaking turf at CenturyLink, man. The turf monster got him. I know. But uh, I know. the the I other thing that. with that, too, though, is like I will say I was this confident about Deion Watson. That's the only thing that gives me personally like, oh, I could be really wrong on this. was like I thought for sure Deion Watson had the size, physicality, and the floatability being like tight end, wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver that I thought Deion Watson would for sure get a shake at it and if not get a CFL career and instead he didn't. But I guess – he also had other things going for him, so he didn't really have to pursue it. Not to say that Jeff doesn't either, but I yeah. I definitely thought Dion was going to get a shot, and he didn't. That's what's like my only like bet my do a, a roar a big bear tycoon bet and bet my condo on it uh, is uh, future condo. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> is uh, I'm like ah, but I really thought Dion was going to make it, and he didn't. So maybe I should hold off on putting the mortgage on anything. Yeah. <laughs> But hey, uh, do you guys want to help me real quick? Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking about doing, you know, thing doing best highlights of each year. I don't know if you saw. I posted that a couple of days ago. I was wanting to do something like that. And starting with last year, what do you guys think are the top five best plays of last year? From Number last one, year, obviously, on last the season, spot one's too. Obviously, the 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 DJ Lee, the Hatton. No, oh, you stole one of Wyoming. them. Hundred percent. That's number one. I mean, um, number two is probably the uh, Petrino to Romano, uh, Northern Arizona. Yeah. Either that or the stop on the goal line yeah. of Cookus. And then I actually think game. the you got some plays against Montana with like uh, getting all the turnovers against Cam Humphreys, former Bronco. Those were exciting. Made it think we were going to win. Lloyd Hightower against. Uh, State. Uh, yeah, Idaho State, he had a couple. That's a good one. Um, I mean, I know the run itself didn't go to a lot of yards, but the still frame of Andre Carter against Eastern Washington, that play alone, <laughs> yeah. just because of the still, deserves to be in the top five. Shout like, out Kai Iceline. Seriously, like, that shot's yes. going that that forever. I have it saved, like, in eight different places, so if I ever <laughs> lose it, I can, like, re-find it, because that is just, like, that is so it's clutch. It's like a perfect picture. Yeah. <laughs> And then honestly, once again, not a play necessarily, but I'm going to be honest. I, I thought about reaching out to him about this, and we might still do it. We're working on our apparel line for the fall. Big announcement to come soon, hopefully. I want it. We're doing a rivalry series, so something on every rival. Eastern, I really wanted to see if Mason Petrino would let us use his likeness of the high step that he did. Because, like, I remember after he was just like, 
Yeah, I, I did it one time. Matt Linehan did it all the time. I get flagged yeah, for it. Yeah, he literally did it, too. <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt Linehan, Linehan always. Like or like a little shimmy. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, yeah. And so I was just like, that was really funny. I, I thought about reaching out to him and being like, hey, like, I don't know how you, I don't know how this works, right? We're new to all this crap, but like, you're, if we put like a silhouette of you high stepping and with like an Eastern player or something, like, thoughts? But um, now, that, I don't know, he's GAing. So it's kind of like why we don't reach out to Matt Linehan about a ton of stuff too. It's like I think they're kind of their schools would probably yeah, not be super be stoked on him poking the flame against Eastern, yeah. but yeah, um, but yeah, those would be mine off Getting the top. The coaching career start the legacies. Good for them. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brian. Also, just in case we didn't get the the details set on Mason, he's an offensive GA at Lamar. Yeah. Yeah. So see them in Frisco, right? We'll see anybody in Frisco, let's be honest. Let's just get to Frisco. Uh, Brian, you think we missed any top plays there for, for Golden? Oh, uh, yeah, no, no question. No question. Nick Romano's kick return. Oh, yeah, uh, of course. Point. See, there's a lot. You got yeah, some stuff to work with. Return for a touchdown forever. What about – it's not one play, but Charles Ocano, three straight goal line tackles, one on fourth down. <laughs> against Eastern. Yeah. Do you remember that when they were trying yeah. to mount a comeback? Yeah. They and went for it on four, too, didn't they? Over on downs because Akano just every single time yeah. bust through. He oh, just was on fire that game. Uh, there's other two at least to consider. The uh, Lloyd Hightower fumble re- recovery for a touchdown. Yeah, we got that against right. ISU. Yeah. We got that one. Forgive me, dudes. No, you're and, right. Um, I don't know if you would count Matt Strzok throwing his 5,000th touchdown to the other team in there. Uh, but, uh, I feel like we kind of broke Matt Strzok. Yes. He was hot before that. I took him in Big Sky Big Takes Fantasy that week because our defense had not proved to be able to stop the pass. I'm like, Matt Strzok's hot. Our defensive pass defense is not. I'm like, I'll take Matt Strzok. You know, at this point, I'm in it to win this, and hopefully the Vandals win, but Matt Strzok's probably going to get his numbers wrong. Uh, Lloyd Hightower and the gang had something to say about that. So I'd rather be wrong on stuff like that and the Vandals get a big win than uh, wrong on other stuff like when I said that we would lose Northern Colorado and instead I was 100% right. And you're just like, damn, why couldn't I be wrong about that? (laughs) But How about worst plays of the year? Ah, we're not getting into this. Turn the page. Yeah, all right. (laughs) Uh Sam Herder. The punt, the fake, the fake punt. Or no, it was a fake field goal. Fake field goal. That I, was the one. I would go back-to-back back on sportsman-like <laughs> penalties on third and one against Northern Colorado that led to third and 20-whatever. Oh, yeah. that, that, yeah, that, that's probably it. Yeah, that's, that's – it's it. not a play, but, like, if you're talking about low yeah. point of the season. You beat Northern Colorado last year, different outlook on the season, 100%. Like, we were flirting with kind of, like, that Montana game possibly being playoffs. You're, you know, like – we had some stuff. The Weber State game would have had a lot more weight, but like when you beat Eastern and then lose to Northern Colorado, they just go, ah, no, yeah, it was a fluke or Eastern's down. Where before we beat Eastern, we beat Northern Colorado, you're like, ah, you know what? The way Eastern finished, maybe Idaho wasn't that bad. But you're like, they lost to Northern Colorado. So I've, I've never seen a worse ending of a team just shooting itself in the foot. So bad. Than, and we yeah, were up at halftime by two or three scores. Paul throwing a fit, game over. Yeah, dumb. So, that's that's the worst play of last year for sure, and it wasn't even a play. Okay, but um, Sam Herder, the myth, the man, the legend for uh, Hero Sports, wrote an article kind of about FCS payouts, which I just want you know what your boy who's not a journalist, 
wrote an article about this last year, actually, for FCS Fans Nation. Check that out about payouts. So I obviously encouraged a real journalist like him to do it because you guys have way more. I'm obviously referring to Colton, not Brian and I resources than we do to do this stuff but uh interesting like takeaways talking about like what are some of the big payouts i think the biggest one obviously is eastern washington versus florida next year which Mm. is like still almost a million less than what we got not quite we got paid what 1.3 i don't have my article up top of my head but to play penn state Eastern is getting paid $750,000 to play Florida. That is the number one payout in the FCS. Montana State is number two, playing at Utah for $675,000. I will say right now, Montana State getting paid $675,000 to go to Utah is a better deal than Eastern paying, getting paid to go to Florida. Then you have Northern Iowa at Iowa for $650,000. That's a win. North Dakota State at Oregon, probably getting canceled. But anyways, the the point is that at 10 is Idaho versus Washington State at... (laughs) Seven miles away. Yeah, $550,000. So for $550,000, we are literally going to have students walk to the game and spend no expenses on anything. Like, it's... Especially the way COVID was going, which we already covered. Like, yeah, guess what? You guys, your warm-up, you're walking the Pullman. It's eight miles. You'll be fine. We'll get bikes, whatever. Like... That, that to me is a win. I don't know northern Iowa to Iowa per se in distance, but I look at that and I go, I don't think anyone's getting paid as much to go as short of a distance. Oh, when you consider it's only $200,000 less than what Eastern is getting paid to go to the complete opposite side of the country in Gainesville. Like, cheating to Gainesville, not easy. We've done Moscow to Gainesville twice. Like, it's basically the same flip and trip. They're probably flying out of Spokane. So, short 77 miles. That's the difference. Like... <laughs> Holy crap, and we got paid more. We got paid, I think, a handsome amount more, like a couple hundred thousand more to go play Florida. A couple million, like we made like yeah. a million or something on it. So, Penn State game was like 1.5, I think. Yeah, it was big. It was it was the biggest payout last year, and it was like almost three times the next largest payout. Yeah. And we have two yeah, other large it? payouts going out, which I'll give you credit for because you're the one who brought them to my attention. That the Indi- I ended up going back with footballschedules.com. So I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But the Indiana games, I believe, and one other random game are the last FBS negotiated games. Everybody else was as we were in the FCS or they knew we were going FCS. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana is paying us 1.1 and like 1.2 or 1.2 and 1.3. Either way, there's a $100,000 difference between one year to then go back and play them the next year. So once again, win there. You had them pay you $100,000 more to go. And then if you view it as the same as Eastern, you're getting paid – $400,000 more to go to a way more winnable game. I'd much rather play Indiana than Florida. Do either team win those games? Definitely, probably not. Maybe we beat Indiana one of two times. Probably not. But I'd rather play in Indiana than Florida and play in Indiana than Florida. And then you also compare the fact that what's really weird is so we negotiated this game with Washington State this year as an FCS member or FBS member at 550000 in 2023, I believe, we were playing them again, and it's $25,000 more, and that was negotiated as an FCS school. So they're paying us $25,000 more in like three years to go play in Pullman as an FCS school, where then when they negotiate, it's just... I will say for the next five years, if there's a winner from FCS, FBS payouts, it's Idaho. And I think it was actually Nick Stutzman again who brought it up that, like... <laughs> It's funny when you look at this because it was posted on FCS Fans Nation about 
it's almost like not the blind leading blind. That's a terrible example. But uh, like who's who's getting picked on the most in school? Like we're literally no other level of sports do people brag about how much money they're getting to get the crap kicked out of them. But at the SCS level, that's the big deal. It's like, well, you know what? We're not going to win this game. But hey, we're making more money than your team is to play a slightly more winnable game where we'll get beat a slightly bit less, which is just, I don't know, it's, it is it is an interesting dynamic that we're in now. I mean, I know we we didn't, I, I'll be honest, I didn't care this much when we were in the FBS and we're getting similar kind of deal. We're scheduling body bag games, but I can't tell you how much we made when we played LSU, Florida State, Texas A&M, Nebraska, like... Dang, do I know every single payout we're getting as an FCS school because I know the budget is tighter. I think those ones were like about a million. I want to say they were about a million as well. Yeah. I also got to push back just a teeny bit on uh, on that characterization, which, Nick, I absolutely love you. Thanks for contributing. Um, People actually do talk about losses in terms of money brought into the program and what you use in basketball it's just i mean it's a a smaller fraction of the schedule but i I listened to an interview with travis decure a head coach of montana men's basketball talking about how yeah they're going to schedule more guarantee games this year because they were told to expect a revenue loss at the at the gate so they did that you know when brian fish was head coach at montana state he actually did talk about part of why he believes Montana State was able to beat Washington State when they played that game in the Tri-Cities is because Montana State scheduled a really rough start of the schedule so that later in the year they could afford charter planes. Also, Wazoo was really bad that year. <laughs> well, they, they were, but again, it was uh, it, the only, only reason I'm bringing that up. Right. No, I feel you. You have, you have to look a little bit closer in other sports the way that's done but it, it doesn't like only exist in the fcs where teams will be open about using the schedule for some other thing it's just a little bit outsized in my mind character wise because if football brings in so much money it accounts for other things so those dollars do matter but uh last point i want to touch on real quick winners and losers I, you know we get five hundred fifty to travel to pullman how the hell does Idaho State only get like they have 350 coming when they travel to Fresno State, which one that game might not happen, but still like that's a significantly more difficult travel uh, game for them to actually get to. But then they also have New Mexico where it's only 375,000. Now, I mean, you might say on the positive end, well, at least New Mexico and Fresno State are closer caliber for a win. But it's not, I mean, to me, it's not the same thing as like, you know, Weber State versus Nevada last year. There actually was a chance. Yeah. You know, Idaho State's pretty, Idaho State is going to get killed if those games take place. And they're going to net a little over 700, whereas like we will drive, and then they have to subtract all the costs, whereas like we drive eight miles and keep just about every penny. One, I will say that's one thing, and to be fair, a lot of it has been former athletic director Rob Spear, to give him credit. I know a lot of scheduling actually is Mooney, but it's we, we did do a really good job on negotiating our money games. We always have. There's never really been a money game you're like, that was not worth it. Maybe Penn State last year, if we're being honest, or 
actually North Carolina when we lost like 80 to 20 and probably didn't make nearly as much money as we should have on that. But all in all, I'll say Idaho does a really good job of scheduling in terms of where we're at and what we have to just accept as the norm of you're going to have to play a big team to kick the crap out of you. But Idaho State is notorious for terrible scheduling. Was it last year or two years ago where they had week one as their bye week? Like, you can't do that. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah, so last year they had a bye week, week one, and then they started against two FBS schools. It was like, or had two FBS schools as non-conference foes. It's like, how do you take a week one bye week and then expect your fans to get over playing Nevada and BYU or whoever it was? Like, yeah, of course you're going to get your teeth kicked in, and people are going to be like, what was the point of that? We didn't even get to enjoy week one where everybody's hopes are high, and we're playing two FBS. I mean, I think we all agree that looking down the schedule, when we play Wazoo and Indiana and Oregon State and Indiana, it sucks when you look, God, we got two FBS schools that are going to be subsidized by Simon Fraser and some other schools that you're just like, it's just not how you want to see it. And I don't know. I Idaho State is – Ross, if you listen or watch this, I apologize. Ross Cunningham, friend of the show, been on the podcast. But, man, they, they have had issues putting a schedule together. Uh, always. I mean, it's not anything new where Idaho has been pretty good – you get a big faraway money game that's usually a fun place to travel to. Indiana won't be that. But, like, USC, Texas A&M, LSU, Florida State, Florida, those are schools that alumni want to go to. It's not like we're taking the money to go play Iowa or Kansas State or Rutgers, right? Like, we're going to big schools that people – I know friends that have gone to, like, every single big game we've had, I know somebody that's gone to and they've loved it. Ole Miss. Example of, like, if you're going to play some mediocre team that's going to pay you well, go to a fun place like Ole Miss. Don't go to Miss- don't go to Mississippi State. Take the game against Ole Miss. Like, I don't know. I, I'm i okay with how we've I'm scheduled. I'm excited for Wazoo. I, th- I think that I, I love that the Wazoo fun. stuff. When I was in school, I went to Wazoo. I mean, I, I know it might not be good. People are going to be mad at me for saying that. but It's all right. <laughs> that, you know, that – because I know a lot of people aren't looking forward to it because they – they want those teams to be competitive, but it's like, ah, well, you know, it is what it is. It's kind of just cool that there's another one. Cause you know, I'm kind of equal on them. Like, yeah. as like, I graduated from Idaho, but I kind of had the shed fandom and, and I just, I just like this region. So <laughs> I think it's really cool and unique that there's two division one schools within seven miles of each other on a really rare scenic landscape. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, awesome. we were talking about, I don't think any other, I curious. Is any other school really as close as Idaho and Wazoo at the D1 level? Because, like, Duke, North Carolina get credit for being really close, but aren't they, like, 20 miles apart? And, like, I thought the only ones would be, like, USC, UCLA. But to be fair, like, South Central where USC is and Beverly Hills, I think, is more than eight miles. So, I honestly think we are probably the closest. I mean, you look inner city, like, USC, UCLA, and I still think Moscow and Pullman are closer than the two Los Angeles schools. So. Here we go. Right away, found the Google. And? Drexel and Penn All right. are like two blocks from each other. Okay. But the they're... College of Charleston and the Citadel are exactly two miles from each other. So, okay, that makes sense. Does you Charleston know, have football, though? So, as football schools, though. As football <laughs> schools? I guess D1 uh, football I schools. I think Charleston and the Citadel do both. I know Citadel does. I don't know about Charleston. But either uh, way, we're still – I mean, we're one of the freaking closest. And Charleston's a big – not a big city, but, you know, it's a well-known historic city. 
you tell people Moscow Pullman are the two closest schools in the entire United States to each other, and people will be like, what schools are in Moscow and Pullman? You know? So. But it's also unique that they're in different states. Yeah, That's awesome. exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> but, uh, Brian, any closing thoughts on the Hero Sports payout article, or should we move on to just one little laugh before we close down the bar? Because we're coming up on an hour and a half. Yeah, man, let's close it down. We're not quite – I mean, we're, we're working towards Grizz fan level, but we got to train first. That's true. We're not quite there. And we have a long one coming up in a couple weeks, and so we'll do that. Uh, so we'll just – do you want it so just straight on the closing the bar? Well, right, we'll laugh about it real quick. Former president of the University of Idaho, Dwayne Nellis, got a vote of no confidence from the Ohio Board of Regents – or no, the faculty, Senate, or – Somewhere, he's currently the president of the University of Ohio in Athens after leaving us to go to Texas Tech. And uh, that was only, what, five, six, seven years ago? Not that long. He was president while I was in school. And they are pretty much trying to get him the Staben treatment and get him the heck out of town. And it's just kind of funny because he, he didn't leave us high and dry. But he definitely didn't leave us in a solid foundation. And a lot of people blame what's happening on him. So... It's funny to see that just about everywhere he's gone has ran into similar issues. And then you got to go like, you know, sometimes it's not the archer or sometimes it's not the arrow. It's the archer, right? Like maybe it wasn't the university's fault. It wasn't, it wasn't Texas Tech's fault. Maybe it isn't Ohio's fault. Maybe Dwayne, look in that mirror, baby. Anywho, anyone, any comments on that or should we just poke fun at the former guy? He's got a name that I won't repeat on the podcast, but. Not he. You're correct. It was the faculty senate voted. Yeah. Uh, they had the vote of no confidence. So he's gone. He's um, he's gone. There, how do you recover from that? According right? to Nellis, they need to look at cutting like twenty six million dollars. Which <laughs> weird. Where we heard that at school, he's been before. Yeah. Any other schools he's um, been a president of run into budget crises after he was there? Hmm. Yeah, man. I don't know. Um, Anywho, <laughs> are are we going to do we make the announcement here? Oh, we're about to make the announcement. Do you want to make the announcement? Closing the bar, brought to you by Montucky Cold Snacks. Uh, that was your work, Chris. I don't want to step. On, I didn't want to step on it. That's why I was asking. Well, we'll just say thank you for tuning in. We have three, two episodes left. We think you're gonna love next week's episode as we have the coach Rob Akey on next week. So hit us up with your questions. Uh, Rob Akey will be joining us. It will be pre-recorded, but we think we can play it live if you're following us on YouTube. If not, it will be just like every other podcast you've ever gotten. But we have Rob Akey on. It's not going to be so much of an interview like it was with Mahmood, but uh, it's going to be more of a conversation because let's be honest, he is an electric personality, and he's the guy you just want to give a mic, and he'll tell you all kinds of stories. So we have we have Coach Akey on, currently the defense coordinator of the Central Michigan Chippewas, taking over for uh, row the boat there. So we'll, we'll probably touch a little bit of Chippewas because I mean you got to he's coming on, he's throwing us a bone. We'll throw him a bone, but I'm really excited because as we covered, he's part of the reason I ended up going to Idaho because I was a Coug and a Vandal growing up. Oh nine, my senior year of high school. Well, we all know how that bowl game went. And one of the reasons Brian and I want to get him on, and we, one of the reasons he connected with us is we, we talked about a couple weeks ago how reliving a lot of the 09 memories made us realize how much we love that team. And uh, even though maybe things didn't end the way that we wanted them to with Rob and everything like that, it doesn't change the fact that 09 is some of the best years the Vandals have ever had and things to celebrate. So figured that would be an enjoyable 
uh, interview for everybody, even if you're not a Vandal or new Vandal or whatever. I mean, if you've never watched a Rob Akey clip, I mean, I it will probably go down in the archives as one of our best things. I mean, he he's just electric. Man, that's awesome, guys. Got Akey. We got Akey. I know Fantastic. Boat Boatman wants on. He's like, yo, I want to be on with Akey. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll I will shoot coach. Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll just get a call with him at some point in the future. Here. There you go. Yeah, you got it. What's the Chippewas are the in the uh, playoffs? First uh, group of five team in the playoffs over the team down south, right? That'd be big. Just like, yo, coach. Heard you on Tufts at the club that one time. I worked for the the old L Trib. <laughs> <laughs> but Brian, I mean. I know. I know you're excited. Don't let me just explain my excitement. Right, I mean, let's, we got to pump this up. We're hype men here. We got Rob flipping Aki on next week. Yeah, I, I'm stoked for this because you know, full disclosure for listeners, if you ever get to interview coaches, a lot interviewing current coaches typically isn't actually that fun because they can't really say anything. Oh no, Rob, Rob Aki is he is. To me, like, will be like one of the easiest coaches to possibly talk to. Yeah, uh, I really think he's one of the kind of guys who you can actually say, you know what? We mostly just want a discussion. Uh, you know, we exactly. want to hear. You know, you're. We want to hear you talking about you know some of the stuff that went on. Um, you know, in particular in that 09 team, and what it was like when you know the 09 team made that big jump, and I expect will. He'll take us in directions that we don't don't really anticipate, but just like we experienced at Media Days, you know, Rob Fennessy is kind of like the doppelganger of Rob Akey. Uh, Rob Fennessy to me was the, the most fun interview we did at Media Days. I expect this because I've got a lot more connection with Rob Akey based off him being coach when I was a student. This this if we pick the coach to interview, this is probably my favorite one. Yeah, I mean Hawkins was fun. Yeah, yeah, Hawkins would be fun. We didn't get to talk to Hawkins though, so, uh, just because he was busy. We got we got caught up with Coach Coach P because once again, like uh, when you're interviewing, I've always said Coach P is actually not that bad of an interview after talking to him. But it's more because I was just like, oh crap, it's Coach P. But uh, I'm super stoked for Aki to be on next week. I mean, like we said, I mean he's just electric. He's a guy. Brian and I plan on just sending him some talking points on like. With my mood, where we kind of got some questions from you guys, kind of just let us know what you guys want to talk about. What, what I kind of had the conversation with them about was, you know, you're just the kind of guy you. So tell us what you want to hear. I was like, you know, you you're Weber State, so we're in the Big Sky now. Curious on your time there, your kind of opinions on the Big Sky. But you know, Weber State coach, I think that's his alma mater. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty. I'm like 98 percent sure he went to Weber State, um, then coached there. Uh, and he's had some experience in the NFL. He coached some of Vandal favorites like Shiloh Kao, Nathan Enderley, Max Komar, Benson Mayo. Benson Mayoa and Mikey Apati are both his guys, and they're on the Seahawks together right now. Like, I mean, there's some stuff to cover, and I, I just wanted to just have him talk. I want him to talk 09. I want him to talk everything because I've always said, like, and it's funny you brought up Rob Fennessy because the whole time I'm like, Rob Fennessy, right, first thing I told you when it was done, I think I told you too, Colton, I was like, he is literally discount Rob Akey. Like, <laughs> Rob Fennessy is literally the Idaho State Rob Akey. Uh, I, I, I always loved Rob. I wish it would have worked out because I think he is the, like, absolute personification of what a Vandal coach, if you had to draw what the University of Idaho's coach would be, what he sounded like, how he acted, it would be Rob Akey. It's just, <laughs> what fort- he like? yeah, the voice. Hey there, Bubba. 
Like, I don't know if we'll do any impressions when we're on there with him, but <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm super excited about Rob Aiky, but it doesn't end there, everybody. February 28th, so a Thursday for all you Tuesday YouTubers. Now we're throwing a curveball for you. We're gonna do a live show. Um, FPS versus FCS. We're bringing it. We've we've gotten a lot of requests from you guys that you wanted to see it, so we're bringing it back. Uh, we've got guests that we had on that haven't confirmed. We have some new guests confirmed. Right now we have Crazy Crimson or Crimson Crazy, a New Mexico State guy who's going to talk, you know, other side of the coin for Idaho, what could have happened, how they view their situation. We've got uh, hopefully pending a App State podcast is going to be joining us. We have Buck Cowan confirmed. We have Alex Boatman confirmed. We have some other former players that are kind of in limbo about it right now, but uh, Colton, we're extending the invite to you right now, obviously. Uh, love to have you be a part of it. But uh, we haven't really nailed the format. It's probably just going to be more of people are going to express their stuff. Brian and I will talk about it, and then we'll have another person on. But that will be a live show on May 28th, time TBD, just because we got to figure out Brian and I's schedules and everybody else's. We're working with, like, I mean, I'm t- we've reached out to UMass, Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern. Like, we're, we're searching the FCS, FBS globe right now to get things that – are comparable and could relay in the situation. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. Um, it should be a lot of fun. I know Brian and I are excited to do it. That's why Brian's kind of handling most of this stuff for the time being because I'm trying to book people for that. But that's and that's going to be the end of our season until, well, I guess virtual Big Sky Media Days, it sounds like. But uh, it'll be fun. Uh, Colton, thank you for joining us. It's always a pleasure. Uh, as of now, our fan, for shout-out, once again, shameless plug, our poll to hear what you guys want and everything. Colton Clark. Round of applause. You are the most suggested. Everybody that has applied or, like, answered people to have back on, Colton Clark, 100%. Huh. And the the poll itself has, like, 80% of people that have voted in it have also voted on favorites. You're the only person with 100%. You guys need to have him back on. So you are the fan favorite, my friend. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, that's so, very nice. So, to, thank Hopefully you guys. I, I, you know, writers aren't usually typically we're not very good like on screen or talking so hopefully i didn't you know go like too crazy on you guys because we're kind of like hermits yeah well, we, just, we just tuck away behind desks <laughs> and hide in our cake oh the, the youtube channel hasn't taken off yet so you're fine we've we probably yeah. had like 15 concurrent listeners the whole time but uh the podcast yeah yeah i got a voice for radio man i feel you there oh yeah but uh Anyways, for the people that didn't know you were a writer or somehow this is their first episode and weren't one of the people that suggested we have you back on, how did they find you and let the people know what you got going on in your life? Oh, nice. Well, uh, I'm at Clark Trib on Twitter. Uh, you know, I just look up Colton Clark, Lewis Interview, and I write stuff every day. Basically, what I'm doing right now is uh, six feature stories a week, you know, writing a story every day, six days a week just random stuff like tonight i wrote about craig elo and kind of you know like seen this story go along reaction to the last dance uh that mj documentary and how the shot was portrayed uh if you guys didn't know you guys all know right 1989 craig elo mj hits the shot over craig elo who's a guard for the Cavs, and he went to wazoo and he, i talked to him and, and then you know i talked to like casey dunn former idaho receiver turned oklahoma state offensive coordinator and stuff like you know just getting a hold of random people and seeing what they're up to and it's just been a whole lot of phone calls and just a whole lot of typing and and yeah that's that's basically it uh, just hold up in the house 
Not doing much. How can, how can they find you on the social medias or uh, the paper that you work for? Oh, just, yeah, you can go, just Google my name. Uh, it's true. He is the go-to guy. At Clark Trib on Twitter. You know, cclark at lmtribune.com. It's a good email. I, I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah. I'm pretty easy to contact you if you need to say anything to me. But that's cool. If you have anything, that's cool. Just email me or DM me on Twitter. I'll, I'll respond quickly, usually. Yeah. And, hey, if you're like me and you live outside the area, the Lewiston Tribune does online-only access. So I'll say... I, it bothers me. It bothers me because I know how hard you work that I see sometimes, like, on all vandals, not to call people out, they'll just, like, copy your articles and paste it, which oh, I get it. It's yeah. important stuff, but... Hey, it's yeah. not that expensive. What is the? It's like seven ninety nine or something for the online only. Like, yeah, come on, guy. Like, I get right. it. One, thank you for doing all you do. Yeah. I personally pay for the online just because, like, oh, I, thank you. The, at least the Lewis and Tribune is like the only paper that's still like covering Idaho daily. So support them. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. That's well as much hey, news that can come out. Man. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, support, man. Right. So the rest of you guys, unofficial sponsor, Lewiston Tribune. That's not true, but you oh. should support them anyways. Uh, <laughs> um, Brian, how can, what do you got going on in your life, and how can the people find you? It's at Brian Marceau. That's M A R C E A U. And you know, the biggest thing I'd say is shifting back to what you talked about with that survey. You know, for just for listeners, we we are looking at tubs. We are looking, or uh, at least entertaining ways that we might expand our vandal coverage you know whether whether that's you know game recaps whether that's you know a quick a you know another recorded episode where we go over the week that was so that we don't have to so we don't have to go over that and so the listeners can just have a one-stop place to get reactions to big sky games kind of like you get from espn for top 25 games like those just ideas we're kicking around we want your feedback uh, because we're looking at how we can make tubs you know you know, take tubs to i guess the next level to be you know cliched or simple or whatever but we want your input we're interested in doing things different so i'll you know the survey is available on tubs club.com i've also retweeted i'll retweet again uh but that's that's the big thing i got going on yep and uh for me you know you can always find me chris underscore p underscore ham and if you haven't figured that out by now everybody's tags have been on the screen there at some point in this so go check it out or if you're on twitter or Spotify or whatever, you already know how to find us. But I just want to reiterate what Brian just said. Literally, this poll is to hear what you guys want. Like, we have total blanket suggestions. Like, if we think we missed anything, we want to know length. I know a lot of people said shorter. Here we are running an hour and 42 minutes. Our bad, but Col- you wanted Colton on. So hopefully we compromised there. We we went long, but we brought on somebody you wanted. You know what we're seeing there? You, you We suggested interviews. Rob Akey, number two. What did we do? Second interview we get, Rob Akey. I'm just saying, we're trying. We're already laying in what we're doing from this. So if you feel like there's something you want done, we have very vocal people like Nick is one of them, Wax Party Pants, uh, uh, Taylor Cash. Like we have a lot of people that are super vocal, but some of you prefer not to be vocal on Twitter and communicate with us directly. This is your way to do it. You get to stay anonymous. Some of it is just for us. Uh, honestly, it's for helping grow tubs of the club in the future. We want to know. Montucky Cold Snacks. We love it. They love us. Vandal owned. But how many of you have changed your habits? So when we approach them, we can be like, hey, look, 80% of our listeners now buy you more. Like that. So we're asking some questions like that. We're asking some questions like preferred guests, everything like that. So it's important to us. 
And the rest of the Big Sky Podcast Network, for instance, is looking at doing something similar, and we're leading the way there as an example. So, you know, help us out by helping you guys out. Let us know what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, suggestions. Chris's mic level never matches Brian's level. Working on it. I'm not a tech, uh, you know, an audio technician. So we see what you guys are saying. We're going to keep it open through May. It's going to close in June because then we got to implement everything through June and July to then launch mid-July again. So you're running out of time. You got about two more episodes for us to remind you before we close the poll and start making moves on it. So that's why we want to remind you guys. You can find that. Uh, it's pinned at the top of the tubs of the club on Twitter. But other than that, make sure you follow the Big Sky Podcast Network. That's at BSPN. Um, on Twitter and the so- or sorry at Big Sky Podcast to follow all the BSPN developments and receive all the content we're doing throughout the season. Everybody practically is still pumping out content. It's awesome. But uh, boys, it is now time for the best band in all the land, the Sound of Idaho, to play us out. Go Vandals! Go Vandals!